This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome along to this very special show uh, on Teachers Talk Radio around getting girls into STEM. And I'm joined, going to be joined very soon by three fantastic guests. Four, actually, four fantastic guests. My goodness, I'm, I'm spoiled. Um, and um, all of them are going to be talking about strategies and things, projects, whatever, whatever things that they think we can do to get girls into STEM. Um, before we get into the conversation, um, I just want to thank everybody. If you're listening back to this as a podcast, thank you and welcome. Um, if you are listening live, then thank you for joining us already. I'm sure there will be plenty of people popping along as we progress through the show. Before we start, I thought it would be good to outline why this show is happening, why we're doing it um, on this issue of, of getting girls into STEM. So currently, um, this has been a trend really over the last like 10 years. If you look at any data, if you look at any studies that have been done on this, and one of those studies um, about women in STEM um, established that, so if we went through each year from 2015 through to 2020, around 25% of graduates uh, were female through the STEM subject lines. Um, so, for example, 2015 was 25%, 16 was 24%, 17 was 25%, 18 was 26%, 19 was 26%. So it's, it's more or less going at 75, 25 on average of men graduating from STEM subjects versus women graduating from STEM subjects. So, and, and you can find that data anywhere. L lots of people have done studies on this. The subject breakdown is quite interesting for female graduates in STEM subjects. So in physical sciences, that figure is slightly higher uh, for, for women, for female graduates. So that's more between 40 and 43 percent. Uh, mathematical sciences is around 38 to 39 percent. But then with engineering and tech and computer science, we're down at sort of 15 to 16 percent of graduates in those subjects are women. So these are quite big gaps. I mean, if you look at engineering and tech and computer science as an example, that's 85 percent versus 15 percent on average. So there is sort of work to do here. Now, obviously, within this within this show, we, we can't necessarily explore in huge detail why though that that is those stats are what they are um certainly there are historic issues that we can we can consider and discuss there are issues around school and how that is formulated and and yeah there's there's certainly there's, there's plenty to look at there but a lot of schools are trying to combat this and are trying to enable women and girls to get into STEM and to have a better shot at going to university to study a STEM subject and addressing this balance or redressing this balance, I should say. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to hear from my guests this evening on this issue. Um, I mean, the engineering one I, I, is pretty staggering if you consider, you know, engineering, eight to 10 percent of engineering professionals in fact 10 percent in 2019 were women in in engineering um from the stem workforce survey 
these are really low numbers when you consider that there are a huge number of, of, of girls and women who are interested in STEM. So something somewhere or someone somewhere is stopping this from happening or it's just not happening. So that's basically what we're going to be exploring tonight. So I'm, I'm going to start by just introducing a number of my guests. But before I do that, just to give a special shout to Innovate Her, who are a wonderful uh, company who are, who are aimed really at getting more girls into STEM and are supporting this show tonight, which is fantastic. And we're going to be hearing more from Mika, who is from Innovate Her, later on in the show, who's going to be talking a little bit about what they do and what they've observed and thinking about how they uh, can support schools in, in, in sort of closing that gap. But before we talk to Mika, um, I thought maybe would be a good start to start with with Anthony. Um, first, I've got Don, Dr. Anthony Hoyle, who is a microbiologist turned science teacher, who's a senior lead teacher, SLE, and works in the north of England. Um, Anthony, are you there? I hope so. Can you hear I me, Tom? Loud and clear. Um, how, how are you this evening? Are you OK? I'm good, thank you very much. Uh, my two small children burst in the room literally two minutes ago. Uh, I've escorted them back out. Um, fingers crossed they'll, they'll remain out of the room for the duration. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, they must be so excited by the topic of getting girls into STEM. They, they just, yeah, they heard that title and they were like, we've got to listen to this. I think they believe it for my daughter. She's, um, she's a, a wannabe pilot stroke scientist oh. stroke football player. So at age eight, she's very much going down that route. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, listen, I, I thought maybe a good starting point, just before we sort of, I ask you more of the questions about what you're doing in your school and, and so on. Can you tell us a little, just, just briefly about your what you're currently doing and your sort of job up to that point and maybe why you are passionate about this issue of getting girls into STEM? I think I'll, I'll start with your, your last question, if that's yeah. OK. And uh, we've just touched on it. it. It's all it's it's down to my own little girl. You know, I want her to have um, sort of every opportunity um, that's available to her. And, and that needs to start right now down at primary school and everything that's going on in school, um, in the media, uh, via the government, from home needs to, to to break down these barriers and crush those stereotypes that STEM careers are just for boys because I've, I've come to this conclusion that as a father and a teacher that our young children are almost put into molds for boys and molds for girls from the moment they're born aren't they it's pink clothes it's dolls it's furry animals it's singing and dancing for girls and it's tractors diggers robots uh, rockets for boys now I'm very much against all of that and I'm constantly fighting um, against that and things are changing slowly, but I still think there's a huge stereotype issue out there where many girls just don't see themselves as um, STEM material, really. Um, I came across a study recently done in the 80s um, in Australia where they got 5,000 primary school children. It's called the Draw a Scientist Test. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. 5,000 children to draw a scientist. All of them drew an old white man bar two percent that drew a woman so what does that say about what our primary school children uh believe you know a scientist is and a scientist looks like they believe it's a an old white man you know uh, and that that's not that long ago i think things have changed a little bit but i think we've got a hell of a lot of work still to do really yeah i mean 
I was, I was a really fascinating study. I'll have to look that one up. I know that Graham Andre, I, I don't know if you've heard of him, he's like a primary teacher. I know he did a program, which is available on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it, where like basically he, um, like I can't remember which TV channel it was who took over his class, but essentially he allowed them to take over his class and explore sort of gender stereotypes within a classroom space. And a lot of the, a lot of, you know, it was exactly what you just said. Um, a lot of the sort of findings were that, that, um, that, you know, the, the, the view that the girls had of what they could or would do later in life was very much along the lines of what you just suggested. So, you know, it's, it's sort of, I mean, have you within your science you know you're a science teacher how have you found the gender balance between the interest in stem in your classroom between boys and girls have you noticed a difference i mean that's 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 sort of what we're what i'm investigating at the minute um we're looking at um sort of the barriers that are in place for our girls because what what's triggered my own um sort of research in school is last year and it's looking like possibly this year our biggest sort of sub cohort of under underachievers is our disadvantaged high achieving girls um they're our biggest underachieving cohort um now there's something not right there and i think that aligns with uh, the issues of of you know uh, girls with ability not following Careers. And that's what sort of kicked off my own research within school uh, to try and understand the reasons behind that. Um, it's underway at the minute. I undertook a, a survey, an anonymous survey of those girls at the start of the year. I'm introducing a series of strategies throughout the year to try and change their uh, thoughts and mindset on STEM and their feelings of how they're um, getting on in class. Because of that survey that I undertook at the start, 50% of them said they didn't feel confident in science, you know, and that's something that we can can work on and, and can do work you with. Know, do, you, do you know how that figure compares to the boys? I mean, do you have any idea of, of, of if you ask them the same question, do you th I'm guessing you think that would come out more <coughs> substantial that boys would feel more confident? I think it would because we, we're not seeing issue with the underachievement or uptake of yeah. STEM. So I've not really looked at the boys. It's not a boy issue. Um, for a proper, for for any good study, we would have to do that. I'm just assuming, you know, there's no issue there in terms of uptake and our data. And I'm just concentrating on the girls at the minute. Um, so the main, my crux of it is to put those girls sort of front and centre within the classroom, not literally on the front row and in the centre. Yeah. Um, they're getting that additional little bit of TLC in the classroom, that little bit of attention, making them feel successful and empowered, take their work, share it under the visualizer, just little and often um, that quality first teaching, but with a, a bit of a focus on that, on that cohort. And then I've got a series of guest speakers coming in throughout the year to speak to that cohort of girls uh, about um, careers within STEM. And I think we kicked it off really well at the start of the year. The feedback was great where we had an ex-pupil of ours, I'm sure she won't mind us mentioning, Amy Knowles, who left in 2017, went to Greenhead College, went to Newcastle University, and she uh, ended up uh, doing a degree in uh, genetics and uh, is now working at the local hospital, Calderdale Royal Hospital, in the cellular pathology yeah. lab. So we had her back and we had her slide. Her first slide was a picture of her in a school uniform on her first day at Trinity Academy Halifax. And her last slide was her in a lab coat uh, in her job. So that opened the eyes of a lot of our girls. You know, we've got two thirds of our pupils, 64% uh, of all pupils in the school are in the top 20% of uh, deprivation within the country. 
you know um there's a lack of role models at home there's a lack of aspirations uh, there's a lack of exposure to stem careers and what's out there so getting somebody from the local area who's been in the school who's in your uniform who's made it and done it and he's loving it to come back and speak to those girls was really powerful yeah i mean that was one of the the sort of things that i was going to going to particularly ask you about anthony was the sort of um in enri- let's call it enrichment um, activities or or things i mean how help i mean presumably you, you will probably do more of these sort of things but um, do you think that's the most powerful strategy that you've used or, or, or are there others that you would sort of put up there i mean we've this is where early days when we've really seriously started taking um putting STEM at the forefront. It kicked off last year when we launched our Earthshot pledges, where we aimed as a map to become a greener and more sustainable multi-academy trust. And then that kick-started our, our sort of big push with STEM. And there's a whole range of uh, activities and resources and opportunities on offer for our for our kids. And I, I'm just a small wheel, you know, in a big machine that, that does my little bit. Uh, uh, Catherine Walker and Hayley Wilde are two fantastic members of staff who lead on a lot of the STEM initiatives. Uh, but there's all sorts going on. In fact, every school year has two um, embedded STEM opportunities written into the calendar. So year seven, they have two. Every member of uh, every member of the school population in year seven has two STEM events in seven, two in eight, two in nine, two in ten, two in eleven, and then optional and enriched enrichment activities to support that. For instance, these girls that I've just been talking about, they're going out to Isle of Foods in Leeds and spending a full day with them in celebration of the International Women in STEM Day, which was the 11th of uh, February. We were on half term then, so they've agreed to kick it back to now. So Isla are looking after them all day and the girls are spending all day there speaking to sensory scientists, looking at their production and their products um meeting a stem ambassador meeting female role models within the company a female farmer um and there's there's a whole program of events going on from 10 a.m till till 2 p.m and that's next 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 tuesday that's just one of the many things that are going on in the background we obviously have our stem club and our we've got a cyber first club for girls we've got earthshot club we have digital future club uh there's all sorts of stuff going on in the background tom that sounds absolutely fantastic um that sounds amazing i mean do do you think that i mean are you confident it'll work <laughs> uh, no <laughs> okay. uh, but it's showing real promise and uptake we keep a really close eye on on what the uptake is in in the in the clubs and we're obviously striving for a 50-50 split between the boy and girls and that's that's what we're getting in stem club just looking at the recent figures um, so we're getting representation of females there. As I say, this only kicked off a year ago. We're only a year in and, it, and you know, it's going to be uh, more of a marathon than a sprint. But I certainly think we're heading in the right direction and we will undertake anonymous surveys and get some pupil voice and get some feedback on it. But it's looking really promising. Yeah, I mean, it just sounds it sounds really, really interesting and engaging and, and everything else. Do you think I mean, how long have you been teaching for, Anthony, if you don't mind me asking? 18 years. Right, I, th- I thought maybe you you yeah, that's decent. A good run, good run. Um, <laughs> but I was going to ask, do you think are there any sort of mistakes or things where you think, oh, you know what? In my past sort of life as a teacher, there were maybe activities or decisions or things that I wasn't doing or didn't do. Are, are there anything you could sort of look back on and sort of if you were advising sort of your younger self now, 
what yeah, to yeah, do yeah. or not to do that you would I say. Know. I know exactly where you're coming from there. There's something that really springs to mind. In um, I've been, worked in three schools now over the years. And um, in the previous school, there was an initiative um, of, again, trying to get more girls into STEM and science. And it was called, this, this idea, it wasn't mine, but I was involved in the process it came up with. Um, and it was called The Science of Makeup. How awful is that? Oh. You know, in terms, of in terms of challenging stereotypes, what you're actually doing is reinforcing them, aren't you? And you look back, you know, 15 years ago, and you what, what were we trying to do? You know, the science of makeup, Jesus, you know. So, yeah, you want to stay well away from sort of, you know, well-meaning but poorly designed programmes like that, you know, that actually reinforce that awful narrative. Uh, so, yeah, stay well away from that stuff. That's As I said, it, years ago... So years ago in a school years ago but you learn from your mistakes don't you listen i'm sure you're not the only one who would have similar sort of stories you know to share like even for me from i teach history obviously but even for me if i think of some of the i don't know some of the some of the lessons or some of the themes or whatever you know start of my career you sort of look back and go yeah you know like there were weaknesses there there were things that 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 were awful so yeah not like brain gym <laughs> say again like brain gym I did. I never did. I never fell for brain gym ever. <laughs> we had a um, short dose of that years ago as well. Yeah, I never fell for brain gym, but I'm thinking along the lines of things where I don't know where you've taught things in a very sort of like the stereotypical curriculum. You know, like the curriculum conversations nowadays where we talk about diversifying the curriculum and and so on. Things that are sort of the opposite of that. So not not in a not in maybe a completely obvious way, but certainly, you know, it would be obvious now that you'd look at it and go, hang on a minute, you know. So that's I guess that's a positive change, just like this, you know. So that's great. Um listen, I'm gonna come back to you, Anthony, because I have more questions to ask you, but I thought <laughs> I would bring in um some of my other guests. So I hope I'm gonna say this correctly, because it is it Jotty? Hi, um, Tom. It's Jyoti. Jyoti, sorry, nearly, nearly there. Jyoti. Yeah, no, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining in tonight and for being so enthusiastic about wanting to as well. That's amazing. Um, now, listen, you have got a ton of experience that you're going to talk to us about about getting girls into STEM. But before yeah. we get onto that, can you tell me a little bit about your current role and your path towards that role? This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Yeah, sure. Um, just... Um... Before February, I was made assistant principal, leading in um, STEAM careers and transition. Um, yeah. Before that, I was um, STEAM coordinator. I'm still the head of computing, and now I'm a faculty leader. Um, How are you and... awake right now for this? How are you awake? <laughs> that would be a better show topic. We should have done that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's how I started. So I started as a teacher of IT. That's how what I was trained in. Yeah. Um then it's moved on to computing, computer science. Um and now looking at STEM and STEAM. 
And I know sort of you've done a lot of work on changing the mindset at a classroom yeah. level of yeah. your students um, and sort of about the importance of, of females in, in the STEM industry and, and the shortage there is nationally and globally. Do you do you think, I mean, why do you think there is that gap? That would be sort of my first question I was going to ask you. Mm, uh, it's It comes back to that representation um yeah. that's for me um where i see you know if you don't feel you're represented um would you aspire do you see do you feel that you belong and there has been a lot of research like you've mentioned and dr anthony where there is that research especially when it comes to females um about sense of belonging um and stereotypes so there is that gap massive gap because you know, what has the traditional narrative always been um, when it comes to STEM? Um, I remember when I was at school and I started my first IT lesson, I wasn't really blown up by it. There was no representation. I didn't feel like I, it was something I would take as a career, if that makes sense. Yeah. So there's that big gap. And, you know, do you belong? Am I represented or not? I mean, that's interesting that, you yourself have obviously come through the system mm -hmm. and yeah. you're now teaching a STEM subject. Mm -hmm. And I guess your your own experience plays into that, doesn't it, in, in the classroom in terms of how you approach the, yeah. the issue? Heavily. Um, I, I loved IT computers when I was growing up, but in school it wasn't seen where, you know, you were pushed. It was, you know, I was in school in the 90s and, you know, you were taught spreadsheets and PowerPoints and I was going home and, you know, just creating web pages at home and HTML designing. So yeah. there wasn't any of that. So it didn't, you know, you didn't, I didn't see it as a career or something I could go into. And I, and I took a completely different route. I went into psychology. That's why I did my degree in human psychology. And I went into computing later on um I went back to it um and then I trained into it um but I um I completely went into a different direction because I didn't see that I could go somewhere with this if that you know it wasn't shown to me in any way yeah absolutely um so tell us about what you've actually done then so tell us about yeah. You know, we've talked about the problem. We, you know, I said at the very beginning, and by the way, thank you to everyone for joining. Um, if you've just joined, this is Teachers Talk Radio. We're live. Um, this is a show all about getting more girls into STEM, um, brought to you with Innovate Her, who you can see in the speaker there. And if you want to find out more, by the way, about Innovate Her at any point during the show, you can just scroll up to the top. You've got two pinned tweets from Innovate Her. Um, fantastic projects and initiatives and opportunities for your students to get involved in. Definitely check that out. It's at the top of the space there um, and, and see what they've got to offer. Um, anyway, sorry. So, yeah, so we were talking about that. And obviously, it, the other thing I was going to say is we've got lots of people joining in. If you want to have your say tonight, then feel free to click the little button in the bottom left and you can become a speaker as well and share what you've done or what you're doing in your school to get more girls into STEM subjects. So that'd be brilliant as well. Um, so yeah, tell us about what you've done and tell us about how you've done it. Um, so I can start with my current school. Um, I've worked in um, three schools. Um, 
uh, when I first started as an NQT, my first school, again, IT has always been a very heavily boy subject. Um, very few girls um, was teaching it. And it was that when I started my second school, the one I'm in right now, um, that I really pushed a lot of um, different strategies. So when I started at my current school, um, there was only one girl at um, GCSE group and the rest were boys. So first step was key stage three curriculum. Um, my subject computing, that's where my focus was. Um, and it was looking at the curriculum and making it creative, um, looking at topics we were teaching, how we were teaching it, what we wanted to teach. Um, and it was introducing programming, um, which they really grasped the students, especially the girls. So within Python programming, I introduced Python Turtle. So we're visualizing our code. We're looking at different things that our code can do. So that was first area that looking at the curriculum and shaping that and really thinking about what we're learning it, why are we learning it and where can this take you as well? Showing that, uh, you know, in the future, where can it go? Not only that, I started, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, I want I was just going to ask you to, to maybe give us more detail or a story about yeah. how those things went down. Um. So first it was the planning stages of the curriculum of, what we wanted, uh, what I wanted to do. So when it came to programming and Python, um, it's a text-based um, programming language, and you want to make it for our year sevens. You want to make it engaging. They want to grasp with it. So I introduced Python Turtle. So it's visualizing code. So when you write it, its graphics are drawn. So we were creating shapes. We were adding color sizes, and we were experimenting different. Um, kind of flat flower spiral looks and the students really engaged in that they became so enthusiastic they were learning about coding they were learning algorithms and they wanted to know more they wanted to learn more because they could see the connection of what their code's doing and then when we went to write code um creating a chatbot for example like if a student was to type something in and the chatbot was programmed to answer back Again, that got them enthusiastic because they started to make links about, oh, how does this work and what does it do? So it's it's giving the tools to the students and introducing concepts to them, which they can link to within their lives. They can make that connection. So that's what I worked quite a bit on the curriculum, looking at technology and the environment, for example. And, you know, how does it impact our environment? Um, the importance of technology as well, um, bringing all of that within the curriculum. So those were the examples that um, I started to embed and change around. Cybersecurity, again, we're relating to students' love. As soon as I mentioned cybersecurity, oh, hack, hacking, that's all they say. And we're like, right, okay, let's go to the drawing board. It's not all about hacking. You know, hacking is against the law. But ethical hacking, on the other hand, is this and they were like oh we didn't know this so it was about cyber security and again relating it to our daily lives the importance of it so our year sevens you know we learned about malware viruses we're learning about um identity theft we're learning about how to make sure your devices are safe and keep it and then we're building up on that knowledge from year seven to year eight year to year nine and we're going technical as well but again, we're still bringing it back to the connections we can make to our daily lives and we can see where they can go with it. 
So I made sure within the curriculum, whenever we started to talk about a topic, we I always made sure we um, related it to this is what you could do in the future or this is how it's linked to a career as well and bringing examples in with that and showing examples of people who are in jobs within that and careers within that so they can make that link that what they're learning is just not isolated it's actually linked through got um, you yeah. i mean yeah. what was gonna what i was gonna ask you just just on these things projects whatever you know interventions that you've introduced what have been the challenges for you from the girls themselves but also mm-hmm. from a logistical point of view because we've had it we've had a comment actually from bethany thank you for listening mm-hmm. bethany by the way um bethany um has said that i teach design tech and the funding is non-existent for tech subjects mm-hmm. trying to use computers to develop skills for the future are also a struggle as we lack funding for equipment including computers um I was going to ask you and Anthony, actually, and, and we'll bring Mika as well in later on this from, from Innovate Her. But I was going to ask you both, you know, what when it comes to uh, heads of department or subject leads or teachers who are short on money, which many will be, you know, they might not have a budget at all for anything. You know, have you got any advice for them or any tips for them? That was going to be one of my questions further down the line. Um, definitely there is um, quite a bit of funding out there for um, STEM um, and computing as well. With STEM, um, NEON, N-E-O-N, you can apply for some bursary, which I have done in the past. Um, And also the STEM learning website, there there is a link for grants and schemes that you could apply to, apply for um, to um, get supporting um so those are the ones i've used in the past yeah i mean i was gonna now's probably a good segue as well just to mention that next week um there are there is a free assembly every day from innovate her um i've just tweeted from my account the link to sign up for the assemblies they're completely free i will pin that into the show as well if you're listening to this as a podcast I'll pop it in the show notes. But essentially, this is every day from March the 6th until March the 10th. It's a 20-minute assembly each day, um, zooming into STEM classrooms. So if you teach a STEM subject or if you know someone who does, then this is completely free. Monday, we've got science-themed assembly, um, and that's delivered by Claire Jones, who is a site environmental and energy leader. Tuesday, technology-themed. Naya Patel, who's a product designer and a senior BI developer. Someone's going to have to tell what that is. Engine bio something. Um, uh, Wednesday, March the 8th, engineering, uh, a mechanical engineer, arts on the Thursday. Wow. I mean, it's brilliant. Every day, this, every day next week, 20-minute uh, assembly, sign up for free. I've pinned it in the space if you're interested in sort of signing your yourself up or your class up or yeah or anything like that so but i agree with you there is there will be funding out there for programs for schools to be able to get equipment i guess it's just a case of being able to apply for the right grants isn't it or to know where to go for it yeah definitely there is a neon stem learning are the ones that i'm sure there's more as well Mm. but they are the ones i've used in the past yeah Anthony, I don't know whether you've got anything on that in terms of any advice or guidance you would give to a subject lead where they don't yeah. have, they don't have a budget. 
I think there's a lot you can do that costs absolutely nothing. Uh, first, I'd look look in house and see who you've got in your team and across the school. I mean, we're lucky we've got quite a large staff body. And just within science, we've got um, a female uh, ex-chemical engineer who worked at Alloy Colloids in Bradford for many years. We've got a female ex-audiologist who worked at the NHS for many years. So they're two really powerful, strong female role models for careers in STEM. Then I'd say look to your alumni, look to your ex-students, stay in touch with those that, that pursue a STEM field. You know the kind of pupils um, that you want to have back to speak to them. And I've made a concerted effort in the last, uh, this is my sixth year at Trinity, to, to stay in touch. Um, and that's how we've had um, ex-pupils in to speak. Uh, and I've got another pupil who's uh, just coming up to his 18th birthday, he tells me next week, um, who's about to become a fully qualified electrician. Um, now, it is a young man, but I'm hoping there'll be um, a female apprentice on his, uh, you know, on his course or somebody he knows. And I'd love to get him back in as well. Uh, again, he's Trinity homegrown from the local estate, uh, doing really well. So that costs nothing. These people are, ke are keen to give up their time. They're ex-students. They want to come back They're from the local community. Um, and I'd argue there's a lot you can do with your resources as well. I mean, we have um, careers slides and um, where at the start of lessons within a certain unit, there's a, literally a job grabbed from the local area in STEM. And it's it's the, it's the second slide that's on our PowerPoint. Um, and you can talk about, well, this is up for grabs in uh, Manchester or in Bradford. It's paying this much money. It links to what we're doing in this lesson. What we're doing today mm. will help you get that job. You know, that, that's, that's cool. Uh, that, that that costs nothing, um, does it? So, the, oh, and also there's loads of free resources out there from uh, OCR and the STEM Centre where you can put positive female role models in STEM, front and centre, on every single door in science. We have yeah. um, a female hero within the field of STEM, such as, you know, Cynthia Brazil, uh, Mae Jemison, the first black woman in space. They're all over, you know, so that children, wherever they're looking, they're seeing positive female role models these are free you know from uh, your exam board or from the stem center um so yeah, we haven't spent very much to be fair um and yeah it's it's gaining traction I've, I've had some girls come and approach me and request speakers now for later in the year which is lovely they've gone from sitting there in absolute silence you know to now asking questions and now requesting speakers themselves i've had a girl speak to me last week evie wanting to hear from the um, royal engineers within the army she wants them to come in she says i don't want to get shot at but i want to do something with my hands you know um in terms of engineering and another pupil another girl julia has come to speak to me separately and asked to hear from um, a forensic scientist or something like that you know so it's it's gaining traction and uh, as i say we spent very little yeah i know i know um oh go on go on sorry no i was just going to jump into that saying also using stem ambassadors which i've used in the past and um, that cost nothing um and you can tailor it i did a women in stem day and we got great um, STEM ambassadors coming in and talking to our students, which was fantastic. And also jumping on regarding displays, um, lots of posters changed my classroom display as well. You know, having a lot of um, women in tech, women in uh, STEM posters around for students to see as well, just like Dr. Anthony mentioned. Again, they're all free resources online. I mean, this is interesting. Um, Paul, who is a regular TTR listener, good evening, Paul, and supports Everton. So we love him. We love him here. Um, my 13, feel sorry for him and love him. Um, my 13 year old daughter sat with me now, says she loves STEM, goes to a high school. 
um, who are a STEM school, but she says that it's not actively encouraged ahead of other subjects. So languages and humanities are the most pushed in inverted commas subjects. Um, I mean, I was going to ask you guys, like, do you feel like possibly this is an awkward question for you both, but do you feel that you've got to really fight for your space within the sort of like curriculum space in school and and sort of the enrichment calendar? Or, or do you feel like, you know, everyone's sort of behind that this is, is really important? I mean, this, I'll, I'll jump in if that's all right. We, yeah, I was really, really lucky because this was launched, uh, all the senior team uh, leaders in May last year. We had uh, a huge meeting where it was basically agreed that STEM or team, as sometimes referred to, is going to be on on our agenda. So it's going to be the top of the agenda alongside the literature. It was put front and centre from top down. So we're, we're quite privileged, actually, that you know you can get the space you need, you can get the time you need, you can get the support, the facilities. Um, so it, from my own personal experience, I, I'm, I'm blessed, actually. We're very lucky. The mat and the school are very supportive. <laughs> Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, we've got a caller in actually, which is great. Um, so, uh, Miss Miss Carrod, are you there? Yeah, it's Val Carrod. I'm a head of science in Birmingham. Good evening to you. How are I'm you today? I'm good. This is my first time on something like this. Well, I well, thank you very much for calling in. It's an absolute pleasure. And um, we're having a humdinger of a chat. I'm sure you've realised. Um, yeah, and it's a good one for me because of the cultural makeup of my school. Um, so my okay. school. Go ahead. Tell, tell us about you and tell us about how you're getting girls into STEM. Well, so I'm trying really hard to get girls into STEM, but I work at a school that is um, right in the heart of Aston. Um, and most of the students are um, Muslim. Um, so there's yeah. a cultural... Um, re there can be cultural reasons why girls don't feel like they want to get into STEM subjects in my school, I feel. Um, Interesting. Okay. There's also the fact that there's a lot of um, problems with boys in the inner cities now. So the agenda is boys' achievement, which I feel like has slightly squeezed girls mm -hmm. out. Interesting. Yes, yeah, so okay. I think we're a bit. bit um, my school also books the national trend. We're more male teacher heavy than female teacher heavy, <laughs> which is really weird. Okay. Um, okay. So how how are you? trying to combat that within your so school. firstly I, i've got a bit of a battle on two fronts actually because it's not just with the kids it's with the staff sometimes as well <laughs> okay <laughs> um and i also right. find that some women um actually are part of the problem they don't they don't personally feel like leaders or display the attributes of leadership maybe because of their own engendering Interesting. Um, and I've actually can, been doing my masters on this of um about whether women limit themselves uh, because of their own engendering rather than what society does to them. So how do you think that sort of expresses itself? Like what what is that in practice? We haven't had a girl apply for A level physics in three years. Um, wow. we haven't had one go to A two in all that time. Uh, this year our numbers in science have gone down and we're um we're girl heavy in terms of students because we've got um a high achieving boys school at the top of the road so some of our boys went go there that we'd normally get um so if we've wow, got if we've got more girls in the school as a percentage why why is that not converting into more numbers that's interesting. I mean, so what what have you done to try? Have you have you have you tried to do anything different to sort of encourage that? Right. Or... So 
I've changed my department. It needed a lot of change. So now I'm starting to think about more girls in STEM. Um, yeah. So um, I'm now trying to use myself as a role model as an Asian girl who has done very well, who came from a working class background. My dad came to this country from India. Um, I also am starting to have conversations now. I'm starting to feel a bit braver about gender in the workplace with staff and students. Yeah. Because I often find yeah. in my classrooms automatically the boys sit on one side of the room and the girls sit on the other. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that happens in every classroom. Yeah, I was going to say, that's However, like... That's... in my classrooms, when I sit them boy, girl, boy, girl, I have running battles with it, which I have never had in the other four schools that I've worked in. Interesting. Okay, okay. So so is that is that sort of part of your strategy, if you like, to sort of integrate the two together more yeah so it's a two-fronted attack <laughs> one yeah. with the staff and one with the students so um <laughs> i did something very brave this year i actually had a child through a donor insemination in ivf and i'm a biology wow congrats <laughs> congratulations so um i decided to use myself as a case study in my lesson on um assisted conception <laughs> Yeah, And I basically used all the pictures of my embryo. Um, I went abroad during lockdown to have this done. And I just shared my story. Um, wow. And how did that go down? The girls really loved it. And I got a lot of brownie points. But the boys were like, she's just made a lesson for the girls. <laughs> and I was just like, just because it's about a woman, a woman and her journey does not mean it's not for boys. Yeah, that's that's wow. I mean, what what an example that is to be able to. Give. Well, there's the cultural thing about the ethics of it. Like, was it the right thing to do? Two two seconds. Um, Heather, I'm just trying to mute you at the moment, so I'm just going to leave you on mute. Is that okay? Because you just leave it there. Brilliant. Leave it on mute. That's excellent. Sorry. Carry on, Miss Carol. So, um, yeah. So there's quite a few issues at the moment, but I really want to now start working on girls in science in particular. Um, so I, yeah. I just noticed this flicking through Twitter and I thought, oh, that looks really good. So today was World Book Day. So the book that I've been telling it was the book I told all my um, students about today was called Stories for South Asian Supergirls. OK. And in there are a lot of examples. Um, the author is a woman called Raj Kaur, who founded the Pink Ladu Project. Um, and she tries to deal with stereotypes, particularly in South Asian culture. So yeah. I'm now trying to link yeah. a few things together. So it's really good for me to sit here. And I was really, um, it was really helpful to have Josie here actually as well. To well, Josie, Josie has her hand up. So we're going to bring her back in. Josie, do you want to sort of come in on anything that Miss yeah. Carol said? Um, I'm down the road from your school. Oh, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there um, you go. Don't tell anybody what Not I said. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, um, well, that's no, a good was, link, though. It you... is. It is. Um, I can, uh, you know, I can. You can come to our school, see what we've done, um, and how we've really developed STEM and STEM. That's cool. That's super that's cool. Really funny. That's really uh, <laughs> funny. Yeah, I, I was just going to add. Um, there's some research done um, called Science Capital if anyone has heard of it, by Louise Archer 
and team through King's College. Um, that's where I'm doing currently doing my master's in STEM education. And the research on science capital is fantastic um, to read um, how to make sure we develop um, students' science capital um, and challenging all the points that we're making about stereotypes, belonging, representation, um, all of those. So research with um, science capital Louise Archer and Emily Dawson's really, really good to read as well within the classroom. Um, and there's some strategies that they um, have also designed and using the science capital framework as well within your department and school is useful. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I'm not a science teacher. That's, this Thank sounds you. brilliant. I'll have a look at those. Resources. No, no problem. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And it's all about, um, like you said, exposure, um, going out there. Now, you're Birmingham-based, so um, there's we. I've taken students to STEM Fest, um, Tech West Midlands, Girls That Geek, and they're all held locally. It's free. Um, and the girls that I took, they absolutely loved it. When I took my... Um, first set of girls to STEM Fest West Midlands at Millennium Point. Um, they are now they were in year eight, um, and now they're in year um, thirteen, um, and some have left as well to go to university. And that really um, made an impact. They loved all of that meeting um, people from different workplaces, um, having a talk about the different career opportunities. They saw it. They made links to it back at school. And they took it further. I had my biggest uh, cohort of students going into tech um, last year, girls going in for, um, high education. We had a high number of girls this year, 50% nearly taking Jesus Computer Science. So it's been built up. So definitely um, the, um, um, colleagues who are looking for um, three things, please do have a look at... Um, local opportunities where you can take students out on trips and meeting people actually from the workforce and them discussing and we brought some um, members in as well i ran a stem careers fair and we got people in from engineering hs2 came in um we had people from aston university we had metro alliance so many different from varieties of workplaces coming in and coming to speak to our students um so Please do try those strategies out as well. Oh, just checking. Also, um, another way is um, STEM Club. We, we've called it STEAM this year. STEM Club is fantastic. Um, getting our girls in, doing a lot of robotics. Um, with every half term, we keep a theme of what we're doing. So this half term, we're going to be looking at um, engineering. We're looking at team building skills. We're actually doing some jewelry making as well. Um, I've got some different uh, equipment for them to use, but also we're building robots, doing robot wars, <laughs> which they're completely engaged in, absolutely loved robot wars. Um, we've got a Lego animation, a joint venture going on right now, which they they've created the art set design. They're now um, filming their Lego animation. We're going to then add music to it. They're all going to edit it, and we're going to publish it and really celebrate the great work they're doing. So STEM Club and Steam Club 
has been a fun, a real big success at my school. Um, and the students love it. Um, for example, I had, I've got these bunch of year seven girls who started to love making paper aeroplanes at lunchtime. And <laughs> um, so I said, okay, girls, can you come to STEM, uh, STEAM club, please? And they came and we started to make different types of paper aeroplanes. And they started uh -huh. to test it. They were changing it and they were, you know, um, measuring how far it's going. And they yeah, changed yeah. Their, changed their design. I said, look what you're doing, girls. These are fantastic skills. And they, they absolutely loved it. Um, to be honest, Scotty, just... I, I want to join your club as well. It sounds amazing. Like You're so passionate about it all. It sounds, it sounds mint. I, I, if I was there, I'd want to do the Paper Airplanes Club. <laughs> That's quality. Listen, this this could be a very good segue for me to bring Mika in. Mika, if you're there, you can you can just unmute yourself in the bottom left. Hi, can you can everyone hear me? Good evening. We we Amazing. can hear you beautifully <laughs> loud and clear. Um, how have you found the discussion so far? Is there anything you've enjoyed or anything you sort of picked up on that you've enjoyed so um, far? I think I just want to say, um, listening to everyone in here has just brought me a lot of joy. Um, it's just it's just lovely to hear from teachers who are so passionate about this subject because we we you know we share that passion. Um, so that's the first thing, and I think one thing that really resonates with me um, is the is the use of role models and ambassadors um, because yeah. this is something that that we we. Um, we, we rely on basically with Innovate Her. It's our bread and butter. Um, and we found that it is the most effective way um, to get girls into STEM. So it's really nice to, to hear that other teachers and, and um, schools are using that because it is just so valuable. Yeah, because everyone's mentioned this idea of role models. Even Anthony yeah. said, like, bringing, bringing former students in. That's sort of this idea of, like, a STEM role model. I was wondering, with regards to Innovate Her, how do they use that idea of role models? So with Innovate Her, um, we, we've used role models since we were born, basically. Um, we've, um, we used to be face-to-face -face, um, before the pandemic, but when, then when the pandemic hit, um, we were forced to pivot to an online model. Um, but the way we use um, role models is we've, we've got an e-learning platform, basically, and we're partnered with um, various tech organisations, and, and through them, it's amazing yeah. we're able to tap into um, their workforce. So we've been introduced to these amazing um, STEM role models and we're able to use these inspiring um, women through our educational content that sits on our platform. Um, yeah. You know, we've got female engineers um, games designers, we've, you know, even astronauts on, on our e-learning platform. Um, so, yeah, we're just able to do that through wow. these partnerships that we've, we've got with these organisations. So tell us, tell tell me a bit more about this. You, you mentioned this e-learning platform. You know, what is it and who accesses it and what's on it? And how does it get girls into STEM? Um, so basically, um, our e-learning platform, it's essentially um, a tool for teachers. It contains uh, STEM programs, videos, short courses, um, and they've all been made to help elevate um, computer-based lessons. Um, and more importantly, to ignite an interest um, in STEM um, subjects um for girls and non-binary teens and also diverse students as well yeah okay and i mean how is the content unique you know what what what, what is it about this content that that gets you passionate about it because uh, you know we, we've spoken a couple of times i can tell you're passionate about it so what's unique about it well basically um we're it's all about the content so through our research one thing that was super clear is that we just do not use enough diverse role models um 
for mm-hmm. girls and diverse teens to look up to. Um, when you think of the tech wizards of the world, you think of, you know, your Steve Jobs or your, your Elon Musks, but you never think of the Ada Lovelaces or the Sally Riders. And, and we're really trying to change that. Um, I think what's different about the content on our e-learning platform is that the partnership with our organisations, um, it allows us to feature real life inspiring um female role models throughout um another thing that's quite interesting about what we do is all of our content although it's quite outside of the box we like we do make sure it's um curriculum linked and classroom friendly um so for example at the moment we've got um a ux design course and um it's not something that you know you think of when you think of um GCSE usually but it we have made sure that it is curriculum linked and it's classroom friendly and we, adapt, we do have schools across the UK using that at the moment and mm-hmm. um, so I think that yeah I'd say the main thing is just the use of these inspiring female role models throughout throughout our content. Well I'm, I mentioned earlier these sort of free assemblies that you're running next week um, for people to get involved in and you've got um, well you've got examples of these positive female role models speaking on each day. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because that's next week. Of course, yeah. Yeah, so um, next week's International Women's Day. And for us, it's it's, it's pretty much our favourite day of the year. Um, and the theme is is, is, is embracing equity. Um, so we, yeah. we basically thought, you know, how can we bring that theme and how can we bring um, what we do in regards to getting girls into STEM together? So we came up with the idea of embracing equity within STEAM. Um, so basically what we're doing next um, next week is every day of the week, um, we're going to hold a 20 minute assembly. Um, it's free for classrooms across the UK. Um, and every every assembly will be themed around either um, science, technology, engineering, art or maths. Um, the assemblies focus on um, equity um, equality in the industry and basically um, allows girls and diverse teams to recognise themselves in the industry. Um, and also every single assembly that we do host next week will feature um, an inspiring role model. Um, so yeah, so we're doing that every single day next week. It's going to be a little bit hectic because we are only a team of nine, um, but we're really, really looking forward to it. And so far, we've you know we've had great success. I think I think it's something around ten thousand students are, are coming so far. Wow. So it's been quite successful. But um, yeah, we're really, really looking forward to it. That's amazing. So uh, it, it's ages eleven to seventeen, isn't it? And all all genders are welcome to these. Assignments. Of course, yeah. So the one thing that we we are really passionate about as well is allyship. Um, whereas you know our content and and our mission is aimed towards girls, non-binary teens, and di- di- diverse teenagers. Um, but essentially we don't want to alienate or exclude boys. Um, so every single thing that we do, we do it with an open mind and, and we do include all genders um, because we wouldn't, we wouldn't be great role models if we weren't inclusive ourselves, would we? Um, so yeah, so yeah. everything we do, um, we, ex- we welcome any genders, um, including the assemblies next week. If you had a piece of advice for teachers wanting to increase their STEM uptake, and obviously it could be something to do with Innovate Her, it could be you know, the world. Um, what what sort of advice would you give them? Well, I, to be honest, I think the the speakers today have, have made this really easy for me because I'm just yeah, going to basically repeat here. It really is all about these diverse role models. If you can embed them into your teaching, whether it's through um, your curriculum, whether it's through principal resources, 
any way that you can embed these um, diverse role models, it'll really um, help to break down those preconceptions of what um, people think it means to work in STEM, what people think someone that you know works in STEM looks like it's all about breaking down those barriers um but of course also a shameless plug here just contact us we would absolutely love to host um something for you we'll work with you um you know I I, I heard that someone said in the comments that they struggle with um getting funding and it and it that really frustrates us because how are we meant to allow our youth to to flourish if we're, we're not putting the funding behind it um but everything we do is completely free so if even if you just want to drop us a message we'll see what we can do for you um or yeah of oh. course come next week as well everyone's welcome <laughs> bethany i hope you heard that because that sounds great it was bethany who, who, who tweeted that in earlier about the um funding barriers um so bethany if that, there's a good offer there from mika if you want to dm innovate her and, and find out what the crack is if anybody wants to find out more uh, about innovate her what, i'm guessing they can go to the website innovateher.co.uk but is there anything else you want them to do uh, yeah so the website's great um our e-learning platform um is online.innovateher.co.uk and so feel free to have a look at that but um we're really open to conversations to be honest so if you just drop us a message um you can drop us an email at hello at study at innovateher.co.uk um, no sorry hello at innovateher.co.uk um, and we can just get that conversation going um you know we are we're, we're a small team of nine so we're constantly <laughs> online somewhere yeah. or other so if you want to just drop us a message, drop us an email and we can just have a chat and see, you know, what what what, what, what might work for you. And your Well, I think Miss Carrot might have a question, actually. Miss Carrot, you've got your hand up, please. Yes, just quickly, I have um, registered myself while I've been listening and I had gone on to the STEM Ambassadors site as well and requested some speakers for our assemblies next week for British Science Week. If um, our timings don't mm. fit in with your live events, will there be any recordings available? Yes, yes, there will be. So what we're doing um, after, we're, you know, we're aware that these these 20 minute assemblies, there are um, a fixed time. So we, we want to make sure that everyone can get the content, even if they can't make it. Yes. Um, so afterwards, we will be uploading all of the recordings onto our e-learning platform. Um, so just keep, if you um, have a look at our socials, we'll announce when that's up. Um, but yeah, definitely just keep your eyes peeled because we're, we're going to upload everything onto there. Brilliant. Um, Thank you. And if you and they do yeah and they did they do sound they do sound really great um um mika thanks so much for that That's, it sounds fantastic what you're doing the assemblies sound brilliant um i may check in again with you later on um just to ask you a few other questions but um miss carrot i wanted to ask you just bring you back in um just briefly i wanted to going back to what you were saying earlier about the challenges in your context does that ever get you down <laughs> do you feel yes I mean, you know what you were saying about no no you said there's no female has gone into a level physics for three years no and this year for the so... first time we didn't we didn't have a cohort in year 12 at all but part of that problem is national yeah. because i as a head of science now i think i've been head of science in two schools now for seven years Science, I feel, has become the least important core subject because we were removed off the measures as an important subject. We're not as important as maths and English. Then um, the government rebalanced the curriculum and science lost a lot of time in a lot of schools to other areas. We're really struggling to get through yeah. the content now. So if they wanted to rebalance the curriculum, they should have rebalanced the assessment demand because we've just become exam factories now. The practical work's disappeared. We're training children just to sit exam after exam after exam. And it's really dire. 
I mean, Anthony, I don't know whether you've got any sort of comments on what Miss Carrod's been saying because it it sounds a really sort of um, tough gig. I don't know whether you've got any sort of words of wisdom. You've been teaching for eighteen years. You know, is there anything you sort of would say? Um, before my my, my um, current role, I've seen a lead teacher at the minute. I was a curriculum leader, head of science for five years. So you know, I can really empathise with the battles that um, you know some of the other speakers are having because it's. It, it, it isn't, it isn't always placed front and centre in some schools. Like I've already mentioned that I'm, I'm blessed where we are with our school and we've got a hell of a lot of support there. Um, but if you don't have that, you just have to fight your corner, I think, and do the best you can with the tools you've got. Um, we've talked about some of the ideas um, that cost very little and and, our, and are very impactful. One other thing that, that sprung to mind is contact local, local um, companies in your area. I had some real success speaking to um, Seven Engineering in Brighouse who make uh, val- design and make valves for the petrochemical industry. Just chatting to them, and it turns out they've launched an initiative this year to diversify their own workforce. So they're looking at getting more women into engineering, more ethnic minorities, um, and it, the, our ideas aligned, and they were happy to come into school. So just last week, we had uh, their very first female apprentice on the shop floor, uh, Paige, who's um, a trainee shop fitter, um, designing and making valves. So we had her into the school last week, um, along with a senior principal engineer, Simon, again, as a role model, speaking to the girls. And Paige is only 19, so she's just four years ahead of where these girls are now, and they can really see um, that next step right in front of them. She came in in a, in a sort of her overalls and um, safety glasses, you know, for full effect. Yeah. And uh, yeah. she, she was really passionate about what she believes. Um, so again, uh, as Mika was saying, it's all about role models. And a big thank you to Mika as well, actually, because I've been, and yourself, because uh, you've put me in touch with Innovate Her, because I'd not come across them until they were invited on the show. So I went straight onto the website. And within 30 minutes, I um, I was chatting to somebody called Libby uh, at Innovate Her. <laughs> It was really helpful. You know, we've already got some irons in the fire and thinking about our next steps. So thank you to, to you and thank you to, to Mika and Innovate I love Her. that. <laughs> That's incredible. Brilliant. Um, you, you weren't lying when you said there's nine people and they're always online. So that's really good to hear. That's great. Um, Jotty, I was going to come uh, bring you back in. Um, you mentioned earlier about sort of the, uh, uh, you know, on a similar vein to, to Anthony, really, is, is bringing these sort of speakers in, external speakers. I wonder whether you could tell us, if you're still there, a little bit about the reaction of students to that, to those experiences. Um, definitely. Before... Um, all of the things we embedded, it was, um, I'm going to relate it but to back to computer science. Um, I, I don't do computer science. I don't understand it. It's hard, you know, all of that. But as we started to bring speakers in, um, and it was just not me saying anything, it was much more powerful because like what our other speakers have said, they're seeing somebody who's actually doing the job, talking about it and inspiring them so that was really their mindset did change that they can go into so many different fields within tech as well there was just one pathway um when we had the careers fair we had um a young apprentice um girl come in from hs2 and she was talking to them about what she's doing and that gathered so much um a lot of the girls really engaged with that and wanted to know more um and it was it was just so powerful with the messages that they were sent um i did some feedback 
afterwards with all the events we've done and you know majority of them it's always it has always been positive and they want more um i was told a couple of weeks ago miss when's the next one going to happen when are you going to organize the next one you know where when can we go on to our next trip somewhere and we've got the big bang now is returning at the nec and i've taken our students before covid there and going back there again for our year sevens and year eights will be great because they get to meet um those people within the field that can really inspire and link what they would like to do in the future yeah that's quite i mean it's quality and i i have to say from a history perspective historians are pretty and i'm sure it's the same with some scientists well it is because um when i was doing teach me science back in january um i approached uh matthew cobb who is a scientist at Manchester University, he's written several books, fantastic speaker. And he he was sort of just willing to give up his time. So there's no reason that somebody like Matthew wouldn't do a Zoom, you know, or wouldn't wouldn't sort of just give up, you know, a bit of time to sort of um, even come in, you know, talk to the students. And, and I had a similar experience with a historian called Paul Reed, fantastic guy, written 10 books, experienced battlefield tour guide. And he, when I was teaching out in Spain, he did a live three live sessions with with the students in Spain was was really. And then when I was teaching in Nosley, he did it again. So, I mean, you know, these people are out there. They, they want to get involved quite often. If they work in a university, they have targets that they have to fulfill anyway for community engagement. So there is an incentive for them as well to sort of get involved and, and, and actually do something for the wider community anyway. And, and many of them are just happy to, yeah, to, to help out, you know. So the, the people are out there. I guess it's just yeah, difficult. Um, yeah, it's, and, and Innovate Her, you know, they, they've got their own speakers there who, who, will, who will do that. I think it's like, it's one of those where you've, it's just the time it takes to search for it. And I guess that's where you've, you've got to either let someone else do it for you, like a company like Innovate Her or, or, an, or whatever, or colleagues or, you know, leaders or whoever, or you've just got to spend that time doing it. But they will be receptive, you know, um, to it. Heather, hopefully we've got Heather here. We will see. Heather, can you hear me? Possibly not. We were trying to connect Heather in, um, but I'm not sure her phone or microphone is working well. I'll just remove her again there. Heather, if you're still there um, and you can hear me now, then maybe restart your phone and try rejoining after you've restarted your phone. And then we'll try to bring you you back in at that point. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, with obviously we've got international international um women's day yeah. coming up hello oh, hello heather i think i think we can is that heather yeah can you hear me heather oh she's gone again well it was it was brief um but it was it, heather we could hear you for about three seconds um and then you went but it, it doesn't matter you know we'll, we'll get there in the end we'll get there in the end um Anthony's got his hand up. Anthony, do you want to throw something into this conversation? Yeah, there's just something I've been kicking around in the back of my mind and, and I wanted your thoughts and also the other speakers and listeners about, you know, the challenges we face and sort of the reasons behind poor uptake of mm. STEM subjects post-16. And this is what I've, I've come to. I read a study um, by the Institute of Physics in 2020. And what I'm getting at is parents and, and where where 
do they do we need to assign some responsibility to them for guiding the next steps? I'll just give you a quote from this study here. My dad told me not to study physics because it wasn't for women and the maths was too hard. And that's from an Institute of Physics study of over 600 young people in 2020. So parents are a part of the problem, I think I'd argue. You know, what is that? Who keeps who keeps playing laughing sound effects? I've God knows what that is, because it's not me. I've never heard that before. I don't know what's going on. Sorry, Anthony. You're absolutely got go on, carry on. Try again. Yeah, as I say, and I think I'm not really sure what to do about it. I'm just thinking there is possibly an underlying problem there. I think we need to speak to parents, try and break down these barriers. And um, again, you're not only crushing the stereotypes with the girls themselves, because when they go home, parents might just reinforce those, you know, when they're at home. So I think we may need to bring parents into the equation. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that's a massive... I mean, I don't know whether any other speakers... Jotty, yeah. I think you want to say something on that. Yeah, no, I do agree. Um, and what I started to do is in our half-termly newsletter, I have a STEAM section and I've started to put statistics, put information in for parents as well. Um, and um, I did this, um, I think it was before the summer break, last academic, I sent um, a link of activities, home activities that families can do together in um, STEM so sending more information out for parents and letting them know what's out there as well and also when um, I organised the careers fair I did send a message out to parents to say if there's anyone within this workforce please you know come come to us speak to us because that's so important and we did have a couple of parents who wanted to come and speak about um, what their what they do and how their career journey um, has been um, so that was really important that parental engagement I um, a couple of months ago I came across a study and I can't remember the name where they were doing um, a workshop where um, a moms and sons coding and dads and daughters um, workshops again to get um, families engaged and making them understand well what does happen because you do have those um, negative stereotypes from home as well when it comes to certain subjects like all oh, math is too difficult or computing I don't understand computers you know technology it escapes me all of that does feed in definitely I do agree with Dr Anthony in that part and engaging parents making them more aware of it is so crucial and important and I know that's something I'm really working towards as well to get more engagement in and letting parents know this is what we're doing and why we're doing it and linking it with um, statistics out there and websites as well that they can go on themselves and search and see. Brilliant. Uh, Mika, do you want to come in on that? Yeah, um, I agree with what everyone everyone's saying here. I was just going to um, input, you know, some an experience that we had um, in regards to um, the, you know, getting parents to understand you know how important this is um before i think i mentioned um a little bit before that and um, before covid-19 happened we were delivering our programs face to face um now these face to face um workshops were actually usually held after school um and you know they all went really well and we got great feedback but then when we reflected on it we realized that the the students that were turning up um were all from very privileged backgrounds and 
when we we try to figure out okay well, why is it that we're getting this like one demographic of teenager that's coming and don't get me wrong it's great that they are but we felt like we were we were missing something and and what we realized was is that you know a lot of these um teens are from disadvantaged families you know if we're asking them to come to this um location in the city center after school um take your child and 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 leave them with us for an hour sometimes it just isn't doable for these less advantaged families and and i think when we we pivoted to go online one thing that we were really happy about was that our reach just grew because it's just made us so much more accessible it took away that location barrier and it, it allowed more um more students to be able to reach us and schools to be able to reach us so i think a lot of it is quite difficult because if you know if you do have families and and they are less advantaged and and they do struggle to get the kids involved in these uh, brilliant initiatives i think it then becomes okay how can we make this um this content content accessible and i think that's what we're really trying to do but you know it isn't perfect and it is really difficult um so yeah I just wanted to throw that in there because we've had quite a quite a reflective um period on on thinking about how we can reach um parents and it's been quite a difficult journey for us well it'll be a challenge I would think for anybody uh in any subject area you know um it's sort of at the moment for sure um Miss Carol do you you have anything from from your side in terms of successes you've had or 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 the comments you want to make on engaging parents in your school with science with STEM um well I think a lot of the girls are sort of coming around and they're seeing like new avenues now because I've been explicitly trying to do something about it I've also cleverly um, got one of my younger female Muslim members of staff who wears a hijab to run the STEM club to encourage more girls in because my department was male heavy. Um, I've balanced that up a little bit more. Um, but I would like to get more of the men in my department working with the girls, to be quite honest. Um, to be, you know, like I can hear that there are a couple of men in other schools who are really working hard with the girls and I, and I really don't want this to become in my school something that the women just do. Men have a responsibility to inspire the girls as well. Yeah, yeah. It's. I. I mean. I. I. I think we've sort of said everything we can on it in terms of what, what you can only do what you can do. You know, at the end of the day. And and yeah, Anthony, do you want to say a bit more on that? Yeah, just one last thing I'd suggest. You know, which, which we've gained um, a lot of traction with recently, and it's getting into primary schools. Uh, within our map, we've got four primary schools, and uh, my colleague. Hayley Wilde has set up something called the Primary Science Hub. So once every half term, all the primary school teachers from each of the four primaries come down and Hayley puts together a programme of study that links to the EYFS and Key Stage 1 and Key Stage 2. But it's it's delivered by us as a science team. And obviously they're they're not science specialists generally in in a primary school setting. So they really appreciate getting hands-on with the equipment. They get the training from us. We can perpetuate that message about crushing that stereotype, you know, the drawer a scientist test. That was the first session that, that I launched uh, in, in my session as part of this. And that was the first slide. It was the drawer scientist test. In fact, I got them to do it. I got the staff to draw it uh, and see what came out. Um, so I think get to the children as young as possible. Get into primary schools, work with the primary school teachers. Um, British Science Week is a great time if you offer your time to get into local primary schools. They'll snap, they'll, they'll snap that up. Take some equipment do you down. Do, Anthony, do you do a lot of sort of work with primaries? 
Yeah, with the, especially with the primaries within our maths. In British Science Week, we have uh, there's, there's 20 science teachers in the department and an email always goes out, who wants to go into the primary schools this year? And it's like a, it's like a huge race. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun day out. The kids love it. And if you're inspiring that next generation of female scientists at age five, six and seven, you know, they, they're going to they're going to bring that with them to secondary. So um, you've got less of a battle, I think, to inspire them when they finally get to you. That's brilliant. That's that's amazing. Um, I don't know whether um, anyone else wants to comment in terms of primary sort of link work, transition work, because we haven't really mentioned that. We haven't really touched on that yet in terms of how that can help or inspire things. I don't know whether anyone else wants to jump in. Um, Jotty, I don't know whether you've got anything on that and the work you've done maybe in transition. Um, yeah, um, and I will be um, going to do some more on it now. I'm leading on it, but exactly what Dr Anthony has said um, and I spoke to the head of science at my school about this last year about um, bringing the primary school children in within our trust um, to the science labs um, getting them familiar with the environment and um, seeing what they can do uh, that is something definitely to work on we've done um, kind of master classes with at primary school so we've gone over and done a couple of sessions with them um, I remember doing some computing work about algorithms with some of the children and jam sandwiches. So anyone in computing teaching will know jam sandwiches and algorithms. Um, and I made this robot Chohan up for them. And these students were in year four, year five, and now they're in year nine. And I remember when they started our school and they came to year seven, they were like, oh, we remember robot Chohan. Um, so it, it's great, you know, getting into primary, definitely agree, getting them yeah. um, familiar. It's, it's great building up those um, links with them. I wanted to ask, like, all, all three of you are in, like, lead, you know, middle leadership, senior leadership roles. Like, if you had a magic wand on STEM funding, like, what would you, if, if I gave you, like, £10,000 now, no, let's call it £20,000. If I gave you £20,000 now, like, what would you use it on? Um, Miss Carroll, I'll start with you. Equipment for practical work. So a class set of microscopes, because mm. the microscope's like over £100 each. The physics equipment, some of yeah. it is so old because it's so expensive and it's just as expensive to fix it. So there's quite a few bits of physics equipment um, that we'd probably spend it on. I'm not a physicist, so don't ask me what it's called. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so equipment, yeah, really, we need it. Um, that's what I find that I'm always scrimping and saving for equipment. Okay. Um, Anthony, uh, what would you spend £20,000 on, particularly with getting girls into STEM? Is, is there something you'd like uh, I think, spend? as I say, I think we've done an awful lot with very little. So I'm glad, thanks for the thinking time there. <laughs> I've just been racking my brains. And you know what it would be? Because our cohort is, you know, they're from such a deprived area, that there's not much money to get them outside of Halifax. Um, so I, I would be spending that money on taking the children out down to London, get to the Natural History Museum, over to Manchester, the Science of Engineering Museum, um, get down the Yorkshire Coal Mining Museum, which we try and do anyway. But we will pay this time. You know, we'll use that money to to. to break those barriers and open those doors, you know, and, and keep those doors open. So it would be getting them out of Halifax to see uh, science and STEM around the country, I think, or maybe even outside of the country. Brilliant. Rossi, anything you would spend 20 pounds on? Um, I'm, honestly, I've 
really am blessed with the school I'm in as well. Um, I had a project idea last year of creating the STEAM lab. Um, yeah. And I was really supported. I was funded by the school. And I launched my STEAM lab in September. And we use it for club. We're going to hopefully use it for curriculum time in the future. So I've been lucky in that way when it comes to funding. And also, one thing to mention for our listeners is I've applied this year for an Infuse um, partnership grant, um, which we successfully um, got. So it's £25,000 over the two years with at least um, six schools, uh, six to ten schools that you can join in this partnership and you can really raise the profile of STEM. Um, so if anyone is looking out there, there is this grant that you can apply for. Um, and, you know, I've been really lucky with that and just trying to get more things for our students that we can do, equipment, but also going out on trips as well. And also staff CPD um, and supporting staff as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Fantastic. Um, we've got Heather and um, also Giselle. Hopefully, Heather, can you hear me? No, still can't. Heather, we're, we're going to have to give up, I'm afraid. The, the power of the technology has deserted you and us on that occasion, but maybe there'll be another time. There'll be another time, of course, there will. Giselle, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you, Tom? Good evening. Not too bad. And, and how's Miami? It's doing well. It's doing well. Um, warm as always. Fantastic. Um, what now? You have a STEM background, so what are your thoughts on all of this? So um, my job is I actually work at a science museum, and my job specifically is to create access points for secondary students to go into the field of STEM. And so I do a lot of grant writing, trying to create programs in order to get kids, especially in underrepresented and um, underserviced communities to go into the field of STEM. And I think one of the biggest key points I wanted to mention is universities and museums are always trying to find ways in order to give back to the community, but they just never know how or what they can do. So what I would advise is a lot of, for teachers especially, to go into these universities, contact professors. Yeah. They're always giving away computers and equipment that they just don't see use of using just because technology is constantly evolving. True. Um, also looking at grants, um, looking to um, like write grants with museums or with um, educational institutions um, because they're always, they have people who write grants just for programs like, like for high schools to create a science club, especially for girls. Um, and yeah, that's probably the biggest advice I have is to look into those spaces for um, support. Oh, that's fantastic and absolutely true. I think universities are, are actually an untapped resource across the board in schools. I really do think that. Um, I think there's a lot of, as I said, they, they set themselves targets on how they can help subject communities schools whatever um and this is just like individual professors and stuff so we're not talking about the universities as institutions even though they would help too but like actual individuals who work within them are very keen to actually get into schools get involved you know help out in whatever way they can um like if they're doing like a phd or something like that then often an element of that 
um, requires like community activism or some sort of work within within it, it could be a school um, counts towards that. So it's well worth um, looking at that. Unfortunately, those sort of email addresses are really easy to access on on the uh, websites of the universities. You know, you can get staff emails like really easily. It's not like you have to search and scour the web for contacts or whatever. It's it's quite easy to get in touch with them. Um, even the higher profile people within unis so listen we are running out of time um mika i don't know whether you have a final thought or word or bit of inspiration that you want to share with us to finish off oh you're putting me on the spot there <laughs> <laughs> um no i just I, it's all on you no one else is going to share anything of use now it's all on you a bit sweaty now um no i just want to thank you for um letting me be on the show um is as I mentioned before, it's just been, to be honest, it's been quite heartwarming to, to hear from people who are just so passionate about it. Um, and it is why we do what we do. Um, yeah, I'm going to do one more shameless plug. Please do sign up um, to one of our assemblies next week or just drop us a message and we can see how we can work together in future to get um, your girls and non-binary teens and diverse teens interested in STEM. Um, and yeah, and one thing that I just want to mirror, which I think has been one of the strongest uh, link between all the speakers and all the guests today, is just really start plugging those female uh, role models wherever you can. Um, and that's, yeah, that's all I've got to say. Thank you so much for having me today. Brilliant, Mika. And if you want to find out more about Innovate Her, go to innovateher.co.uk. You can um, get involved right now. And there's plenty of free opportunities and possibilities to do that. As Anthony was uh, stating earlier, he was already on it. Brilliant. Um, listen, I want to say a massive thanks to all my guests and every single listener. I know Wazik has just joined um, in the last, like, literally minute, Wazik. So thank you very much, Wazik, for joining us for the final 60 seconds. But I want to thank... Um, uh, Paul, Steve, Giselle, on a break. I don't know who you are on a break, but I feel like we need to send you a Teachers Talk Radio mug because you've listened to so many shows. So can you DM us so we can send you out a limited edition Teachers Talk Radio mug? Yeah, you got that right. I know, I know. I can see how excited you are right now. So just send, drop us a DM with your address. We're going to sort out a mug. And, you know, Paul's already got a mug and it made his life. I don't even know if Steve's got if Steve Woods has Steve Woods is our regular. I'm sure you all know him. He's the two minute tech guy. He's like the tech guru on all the Teachers Talk Radio podcasts and shows. You, I Steve's got a mug. He knows how good they are. And if he hasn't got a mug, we need to give Steve a mug. We we probably have. But um, I I just want to thank every single person for getting involved. It's been inspirational. It's been interesting. I've got a huge amount out of it. I'm not even a scientist, so it's been magical. Um, I know Heather couldn't connect. Heather, we apologize massively. Please send a letter of complaint to Apple or whoever it is who provides your mobile phone. We hate them. Um, not Teachers Talk Radio. I do. We do. But not the company or any other organization. Um, and other phone providers are available. Um, but I'd just like to thank everybody for getting involved. All the tweets, all the comments. And we will be back tomorrow. My goodness me, we've got an exciting one tomorrow night. You've got to tune in. It's on Spaces again. It's live. And it's the NEU General Secretary debate between the two main candidates who are going to be president of the NEU. So that's live and exclusive on Teachers Talk Radio tomorrow night on Spaces, 7.30pm. Anthony, you'll be there, won't you? Because you, you, know, you want to give up Friday night to find out what these candidates want to say. That's absolutely fine. If I have a bottle of red wine there and a couple of beers, I will be there in the background. 
<laughs> well, anyway, um, it will be tomorrow. So if you've got any interest in sort of um, educational politics, then that is definitely the show for you tomorrow evening, 7.30 p.m. Thanks very much to the admin as well for adminning this behind the scenes, every listener. And this will be available as a podcast, by the way. So very soon it will be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all those other ones. Um, so if, you, if there's somebody out there who you think, oh, this would be a good one for them to listen to, find the podcast tomorrow and send it on to them. Cheers, everybody. We'll be back Thanks again soon. Them. Cheers, all. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Cheers, bye You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.